Next on BYU Sports Nation, the stock market is open on BYU basketball. Are you buying in right now after the Cougars' recent success? Former BYU head coach Steve Cleveland breaks down the Cougar Hoopsters 5-2 and two start. What does he know about this team through seven games? Plus, what's a Friday show without our good friend Dennis Pitta? Is BYU football scheduling too tough and who he wants as the new offensive coordinator? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, your host. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. It's Friday. We are live and amped up. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, we call it BYU Sports Nation. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. December 1st. It's already December. Indeed. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who I'm guessing we'll see at least five movies in the month of December, Jason Shepard. Does seeing Star Wars The Last Jedi five times count to seeing five movies, or is it just one movie? No, just going to the theater five times, so that, that would qualify. Yeah, 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 because if I, I don't honestly, besides Star Wars The Last Jedi, I'm not sure what else comes out this month. Well, is there any other movie? That's my point. <laughs> yes, thanks, Chewie. <laughs> he has sounded off on uh, his opinion on the matter. I thought Jerem Jordan saw a lot of movies. I think you might outdo him, Jason. Yeah, it's, I mean, look, right now, especially the last month, you've had, you had Thor Ragnarok, you had... Very entertaining, yeah, by the way. Justice League, which I liked. DC, those are my guys. Okay. Marvel makes a better movie than DC, but I have more of a connection to the DC characters. Well, you have a connection to Gal Gadot, so... <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> Wonder Woman. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, we're going to end that conversation right there. <laughs> And move on to the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football announces three different home-and-home series with the following schools. Houston, Georgia Southern, and Hawaii. Houston comes to Provo in 2020. Wait till you hear that schedule. Whoa. <laughs> and BYU goes to Houston in 2023. The Cougars will play at Georgia Southern in 2021. Also a tough schedule. And host the Eagles in 2024. Hawaii comes to Lavelle Edwards Stadium in 2024 with a return trip to Aloha Stadium in 2025. Are you scheduled? Do you already have your tickets for that to go out back to Aloha Stadium in, in 2025? 2025? Yeah, but before that, hopefully BYU is bowl eligible in 2019. <laughs> and we get some plane tickets for the uh, Hawaii Bowl. I like it. I like the way you're thinking. Very positive. Okay. The future is always positive, as I like to tell Jerem. As I was saying, the 2020 and 2021 schedules are loaded. After this year, some people feel like it's too tough. And just for fun, Jason, I'm going to call out the home and road games mm-hmm. for 2020. Okay. With the addition of Houston. Okay. At home, Michigan State, Utah okay. State, okay. Houston, mm-hmm. Missouri, okay. San Diego State, road games at Utah, at Arizona State, at Minnesota, at Boise State, at Northern Illinois, at Stanford. Wow, I'm breaking out into a cold sweat right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's an impressive schedule. Right? Right? Yeah. And people, I think people are like, oh, are we sure we want to do this? It's funny how one season can change the entire mindset of how everybody feels about scheduling as an independent. Folks, it's 2020. That's several years away. Many things can happen. <laughs> Invites could come. You know, who knows? I'm just... 
You want to open up that <laughs> no. can again? I will keep that to myself. Holy I will keep that close cow. to my heart. Yeah, let's yes. just stick with something that's happening right now that's going well, like basketball. Yeah, men's basketball playing its second straight in-state opponent, traveling to Logan tomorrow to take on the Utah State Aggies. Head coach Dave Rose, know the Cougars can expect some uh, adversity in Logan. This Utah State team is, uh, you talk about home court advantage and how confident they are at playing at home. Um, you know, this is a group that over the last 10 years maybe won as many games at home as any team in the country. So we'll be uh, we'll get ready for it and, and recover tomorrow and then prepare on Friday and hopefully have a, a great game plan and execution on Saturday. Yeah, BYU's playing well right now, 5-2. and two. We'll get into this a little bit more, but uh, th- they are playing well, and the confidence level pretty high, not only amongst the team, but uh, – maybe even amongst the fan base. You can catch the game live on BYU Radio. I will have pregame beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Tip-off from the Spectrum is at 9 Eastern. The Utah State student section (laughs) might study harder about BYU basketball and their personal lives and skeletons than they do for their own classes, and all credit to them. It is incredible the things that they will find out about each and every individual on the BYU basketball team and yeah. bring it to light during the game. We're playing what's the chance a little bit later on, and I, I really wanted to have one in there. What's the chance that something inappropriate will be said from the student section to BYU? Because it would have been 100%. We are farmers. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Number 13 seed, BYU women's volleyball will host American University in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Tonight, 9 Eastern, live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Middle blocker Cozy Burnett joined us yesterday. She says at this point, the Cougars are used to these type of pressure games. We've been here before. We know it's just volleyball. Like You just have to play, and obviously the stakes are higher. But when it comes down to it, like, you don't need to hit any harder. You, need to, you don't need to do anything different. You just, we just need to be us. The winner of BYU and American will take on the winner of Kennesaw State and Oregon in round two on Saturday night, 6 Eastern, at the Smithfield House for Kennesaw State and Oregon, leading up to BYU and American. It's time. It's NCAA tournament time. I'm excited. This place is going to be rocking tonight. Women's basketball lost on the road at Northern Colorado last night in overtime, 79-74. to BYU had five players score in double figures. And led, lost? And lost, led by Amanda Wayman, who finished the night with 20 points. Uh, the Cougars will be on the road again Saturday, taking on Colorado State, 4 p.m. Eastern time on BYU Radio. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The emotional stock of BYU basketball. Expectations and emotions are 100% a moving target as a fan. BYU basketball has started 5-2. and two. Good win over Princeton on the road. Confidence-building comeback win over UMass that you called on BYU Radio, Jason. Yep. And most recently, a dominating Road performance at Utah Valley on Wednesday. But the Cougars have lost to the two best teams they've played, UT Arlington and Alabama. Essentially a quarter way through the season, imagine yourself on the Wall Street of college basketball for all of you stock junkies. BYU basketball stock is in front of you. You have an opportunity to buy a stock that started very low, has risen a bit. How much do you want? Answer today's Twitter question. Sorry, I'm calling my broker. Hang on. Our Twitter question. (laughs) 
How best would you describe your buy-in level yeah. of BYU hoops this season? First tweet coming in from R. Greenhaw. This is a trick question. I am always 100% bought in. Mm-hmm. This particular team is good. They can compete for second in the WCC. By the way, they were picked third for those that uh, don't remember that. And the WCC tourney, and I think they will squeeze into the NCAA tournament. Maybe even win a game. They are all around solid. Massive upgrade on defense. Okay, so our, our Greenhaw is all in. Yeah, our Greenhaw has bought a bunch of stuff. We need to sh- we need to send that hat to our Greenhaw. Our Greenhaw, yes, bought stock in the tournament train hats as well. <laughs> Emotions and expectations, as we mentioned, are a funny, moving target. So, Jason, where are you in both of those regards, to, uh, according to your buy-in level? Well, look. I actually went into this season with some optimism. Okay. Every, everybody understood Eric Mika was gone. Wait, you had optimism? Yes, I, I had some optimism about this. Look, Mika was gone. But the guys coming back and the players added seemed like a really good combination. Obviously, everything still has to come together. You have a bona fide stud in Yoli Childs, a matchup nightmare for opponents. Elijah Bryant is healthy, and that's been a big, big thing for him. He's playing well right now. This team has shooters, they have depth, and a renewed focus on defense that, quite frankly, through seven games has certainly paid off. That's the key, defense. Yes, Because they have won two games at Princeton and against UMass with defense. Look, they're 5-2 and right now. They are still trying to figure things out. This is by no means a finished product. This team is good, and they can still get better. There will certainly be challenges along the way that just comes with every season. You know that's going to happen. Opponents will make their adjustments. But BYU will not play a non-conference game the rest of the way that they can't win. Okay? Okay. This team could, and I want to make sure, I repeat, could be 11-2 and heading in WCC play. You don't seem like an optimistic guy, Jason. <laughs> so my buy-in level, I'm buying in. Because this team is playing really well, and they are meshing much earlier than I thought they would. Okay, this is a high-risk, high-reward yes. stock, Jason. Yes. So how much are you allocating of your 100%? Buy. Buy. <laughs> buy it now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're willing to take the risk. Okay. Emotionally, I am excited. Because against Utah Valley, and even against UMass, with the way that they valued possession and played defense the last five minutes of that game, I see what is possible. BYU basketball is starting to gel. And the addition of McKay Cannon really solidified some things that I was worried about. Okay, and it's not about him making three-pointers. It's about his ability to defend on the ball and the tenacity and just the sheer competitiveness he brings to the floor. The game against UMass was the unique booster for this team. The switch, I feel, has flipped. That said, I'm buying a little bit more, but not a ton. I'm exactly where I was before the season started. BYU, I anticipated, would go 9-4 and four in non-conference play and 14-4 and four in West Coast Conference play to finish 23-8 and eight going into the West Coast Conference tournament. I haven't wavered from that. I think Utah is going to be a significant challenge again for BYU, and I look at the Cougars and what they have left in the non-conference schedule. Sometimes you just have a bad game. You, I mean, when the shots don't fall and even their def- even if your defense is good, sometimes you just can't. You don't win games. So, I don't know. You think could 11-2? Could. Could. Are you leaning to 10-3? and three? 
Look, I mean, like I said, there's not a game left in non-conference that BYU can't win. That includes. I agree that with includes that. Tomorrow, that includes Utah. I mean, that that's this is not crazy. You know, it's actually. I mean, look, BYU's five and two yes, this season. They were five. Wait, let's get to the stat yes. of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's record after seven games last season was guess what? Five and two. Identical. Identical records to this year. Here's the difference, <laughs> Spencer Linton. Okay. Identical records, totally different feel. Through seven games last year, which, by the way, included the loss to UVU. This seven-game start includes the win over BYU. There is a completely different feel. There is a much more positive vibe and more optimism with this team than last year. No question. Even with the same record. No question it's a totally different feel. Coming up, our coach, Steve Cleveland, and what he thinks BYU did on Wednesday that translates to the rest of the season. Yeah, what's his buying level? And is Dennis Pitta a candidate for the BYU offensive coordinator position? We'll ask him next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Happy Friday conversation going right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN and tell us what your buy-in level is for BYU basketball right now. Women's volleyball, a 13 seed, by the way, hosts American University tonight in the first round of the NCAA tournament. You can catch the broadcast on BYU TV, BYU Radio, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Again, our Twitter question today, how would you best describe your buy-in level for BYU hoops this season? Five and two starts, seven games in essentially a quarter of the way through. I feel like this is kind of like getting into a new relationship. Are you all in or are you slowly testing the waters? Yeah, you're talking to the wrong guy. My <laughs> wife and I talked marriage on our first date. So. <laughs> oh, I'm not surprised by that at all, given everything that's been discussed today. At one bald Cairo duck. I need to see more of what the product can do before I totally buy in. They certainly have piqued my interest, but I'm currently on consumer beware before I emotionally invest to avoid getting sucked into faulty advertisement. Wow. That's a well-versed tweet right there. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, a guy who's always jumping in feet first, Dennis Pitta. We're going to talk football and maybe some basketball just for fun at the end, but we'll... We'll start with this, Dennis. What is your policy on when it's appropriate to start listening to Christmas music, given that it is December 1st? Well, my policy personally is December 1st, so this is a good day for it. <laughs> I don't like when people pull out all the Christmas gifts or, and all the decorations and everything right after Thanksgiving. I mean, we're still in November. It just seems a little rushed to me. So you're a just strictly December listening to Christmas music guy. Okay. December 1st. As a matter of fact, today we pulled out Elf on the Shelf Ooh. for our kids. And uh, his name's Buddy the Elf. He's in our house now. <laughs> so now, since it is December and we're talking about Christmas, uh, by the way, Jerem says we're not going to get you anything. But if we were, what do you want for Christmas, Dennis? Um, I want a seat at the BYU Sports Nation table. That's what I want. Okay. And, of course, Jerem was too afraid to confront me today. He didn't show up. 
I knew that was going. Yeah, you know how it goes. Fridays, Dennis. Uh, Jerem's not always keen on, on working on Fridays with Dennis. He values his three-day weekends. <laughs> Maybe he took it off so that he could put up his Christmas decorations and listen to Christmas music today. Well, good for him. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis, we're talking about uh, buy-in levels, and, and we'll get your buy-in level on BYU basketball because I know you're a BYU fan through and through at, at the end of this conversation, but – it's hard not to pay attention to what's happening with the BYU coaching staff right now. What was your reaction when you got the news that Ty Detmer had been relieved of his duties as offensive coordinator? Well, I was certainly surprised. I, uh, like a lot of people, probably thought he was going to get at least another year, and if things didn't look better next year, then this move would be more understandable. Um, I, I, I get it, though. I mean, there were things that happened throughout the course of the year that were head scratchers and decisions that were made offensively that I didn't necessarily understand all the time. But at the end of the day, I still thought he deserved another year that, you know, he, he probably should have gotten it. And, you know, I, I was shocked and surprised at the news that, that he was let go. What attributes do you want in BYU's new offensive coordinator? Well, you have to have a lot of good attributes and, me personally, I think the offensive coordinator position is the single most important position in all of football. More important than a quarterback, more important than any player on the field, more important, in my opinion, than a head coach. Because the offensive coordinator is the one that sets everything for this offense. And the players, as good or as bad as they might be, still have to run the system and do what they're told. And, you know, good players can make up for bad coordinators a little bit, but in the end, it's all about the coordinator. And a good offensive coordinator can take average players and elevate their game. They can take an average quarterback and elevate the quarterback. And that's largely how I judge an offensive coordinator. Can you elevate the quarterback position? And listen, I've had a lot of experience with coordinators over my years. Being with the Baltimore Ravens, I've had six different coordinators in seven years. Whoa! And so I've seen a lot of different sides, a lot of different systems, I've seen a lot of different personality traits and attributes that come with the coordinator position. But one thing I, I, I firmly believed from day one is that the offensive coordinator position is critical in football. And so I think this is a huge hire and a big decision for the future of this BYU program moving forward. And so hopefully they make a good decision and have some good candidates lined up. But as far as attribute goes, I want to see creativity, number one. I want to see a system that puts players in position to be successful, no matter the caliber of player. Listen, you can scheme players open all day long. And I always point to, to, to this. You look at the Los Angeles Rams. They were the worst offense in football last year with the worst performing quarterback. Granted, he was a rookie, but he was by far statistically the worst quarterback in the NFL. Just one year later, with largely the same exact personnel, they brought in a new you know, guy, Sean McVay, to be the head coach, but essentially the offensive coordinator. Now that offense is one of the top five offenses in the league. Personnel didn't change. Nothing changed but the offensive coordinator, the scheme, and the players buying into that scheme. And so you tell me the offensive coordinator isn't valuable. In my opinion, it is the most valuable, and hopefully they, they do a good job hiring somebody. Dennis, one thing we do know is that whoever the new offensive coordinator is, it will be his decision on – who stays, who goes, what the staff looks like on the offensive side of the football. 
there's obviously been talk that, you know, maybe Ty's asked to stay in another position. We, we certainly don't know uh, how he would react to that or how possible that is. If you were in that situation, how would you handle that? What, what decision would you make? If I was the offensive coordinator coming in? No, if you were, if you were Detmer, if you were in his shoes, oh, how, how would you handle that? Well, it's a little bit uncomfortable in Ty's position, obviously, going from offensive corner, then being relieved of your duties. Um, in my opinion, hopefully he would stick around. I think he's, he means so much to this program. He's obviously so accomplished as a football player. I think he's a good football mind. Um, you know, I, I think he had his struggles as a coordinator, but any new coordinator is going to struggle. I think you have to give him time to, to gain experience, to, to learn from some things, and to kind of develop their own identity. But, you know, personally for me, it would be difficult to stick around. It would be an uncomfortable and awkward situation, but I hope he does. I hope he's able to fulfill a role like quarterback coach or something like that where he can still be a part of the program as a coach. Dennis, are you in any position right now to uh, coach any BYU position? (laughs) (laughs) I could coach a lot of BYU positions, but I don't know how well I could coach them. No, you know what? I – well, we – as a matter of fact, Austin Colley and I were in a group text with John Beck, and we were really trying to pressure John to throw his name in the hat for offensive coordinator. <laughs> John is a, a good football mind. He's a coach at heart. You know, he's doing uh, this quarterback coaching stuff in, in Southern California and is really excelling at it. So um, I don't think John's going to do that. He doesn't have any coaching experience per se at that level, but we were trying to convince him. Hey, that's a good effort because I was talking to him on the sideline in Hawaii and uh, we were joking about the same thing. He said, maybe I, maybe I am the guy and I'm just not telling you, Spencer. <laughs> like, yeah, John, that's, that's he might be the guy and he may not be telling us. I mean, we're close <laughs> friends with John and he's keeping it pretty close to the, to the, what's the saying? The to best, the best, <laughs> yes. To the best. There you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, of anybody that's, been discussed and I don't know how many names you've heard Uh, do you have a leading candidate for the open job right now Dennis uh you know I don't I've heard a few names um I think Aaron Roderick was one from Utah I think Jason Beck was one um you know that there was a few other names in there I personally don't have a ton of experience with any of those guys don't really know much about the systems they run, their experience, whatever it may be. So I'm not the person to necessarily critique uh, any of those hires or, or, you know, analyze one guy over another. Um, But, you know, like I said, it's an important position, and hopefully we get it right because they can do wonders for this offense even in in a year. I mean, like I mentioned with the Los Angeles Rams, they went from worst to the best in one offseason. So it certainly can be done. Now, if John Beck is the offensive coordinator, which is not going to happen, but if he were, <laughs> does that include you and Austin Collie getting to be on the sideline with headsets as well? Absolutely, it does. If John Beck is the offensive coordinator, I will come on and be at least a tight ends coach. <laughs> so would, you, would you be an on-the-field coach or would you be a press box coach? No, I'm an on-the-field guy. I like to look somebody right in the eye and ask him why they did that. <laughs> why they made that mistake. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, uh, that's fair. Yeah, can you imagine Dennis looking at Jerem in Studio B? Why did you say that, Jerem? Why did you make that mistake? <laughs> Take me through why you did what you just did. And it would be a dual role for me. So I would be coached during the day and, and come and do BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> 
I guess it's during the day. You guys do your show during the day. I was going to say at night, but <laughs> I'd, I'd carve out some time for the show. I'm sure that the coaching staff would be perfectly fine with this. Yes. I like your I like your emotional <laughs> state right now, Dennis. Uh, let's talk about the schedule. BYU added Houston, Georgia Southern, and Hawaii to future schedules yesterday. None of those names like really jump off the page, but when I looked at the addition of Houston to the 2020 schedule, I thought, wow. Uh, that is loaded. I, just, you tell me, is this too tough? I'm going to list the teams on the 2020 schedule three years from now. You tell me, too tough or just right? Home games, Michigan State, Utah State, Houston, Missouri, San Diego State. Road games at Utah, Arizona State, Minnesota, Boise State, Northern Illinois, Stanford. What do you think, Dennis? Well, I actually think that's a pretty good schedule. And listen, this is three years down the road. If we had to play these teams next year, I would be very concerned about that schedule. But hopefully we're better at that point. And hopefully, you know, you, you never know how some of these teams are going to be. I mean, you look at uh, Alabama, for example, their schedule. I think they scheduled out Florida or Florida State it was. Um, thinking Florida State would be a good quality win for them. And, you know, they, they did that a couple years ago. Now Florida State was, you know, not even a top 25 program. They lost their starting quarterback, so it wasn't a quality win. And now they're looking from the outside in on the playoffs because they just don't have the resume. So, you know, you, you look at these schedules, and, and on paper today they look tough, and, and that one especially. But uh, we'll see how it goes down the road. I want to switch gears just a little bit, talk a little BYU basketball. Cougars 5-2. and two. I'm not sure how much you've been able to, to watch the games, uh, but I'm sure you're paying close attention. At 5-2, and two, uh, our Twitter question today is, how best would you describe your buy-in level of BYU hoops this season? What's your buy-in level with this 5-2 and two BYU basketball team, Dennis? I'm all in with the BYU basketball team. As a matter of fact, I, uh, I recorded the game against UBU. I only got to watch the first half so far. But we looked really good in that game. I Listen, I love when basketball season rolls around. I'm a basketball junkie and a huge BYU basketball fan, so I'm always excited this time of year. But the team has looked good. I think uh, we've got good balance. Hopefully, you know, we can shoot the ball well. I think that's, you know, a big part of, of our success offensively. And, you know, you look at that game against UT Arlington. We didn't really show up in that game. We shot the ball poorly and, you know, fell way behind. I think when you look at the season as a whole, that's the one game that's been disappointing. But we played Alabama pretty tough. You know, we, we've beaten good teams, and I'm excited. I think certainly we're, we're a better team than we were last year. We're more balanced. Uh, our system's better, and the flow of the game offensively especially is better. So if we get hot shooting, I think we're going to be tough to beat. All right, Dennis, great stuff, man. Say hello to Buddy the L for us. I will. Buddy is uh, he's a star in our house. So I'll, I'll <laughs> you got it, man. We appreciate the time and uh, enjoy the Christmas music as well. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Have a great holiday season. All right, brother. Dennis Pitta on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. He's buying in. He's buying in. I say he's on your level, Jason. He's breaking down some basketball. I love <laughs> Dennis Pitta breaking down some hoops. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. What's the chance BYU sweeps the in-state games? Hey, we'll discuss coming up. Former head coach Steve Cleveland on the best thing about BYU basketball right now. What's his buy-in level after seven games? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. Welcome back, sports friends, on a Friday. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard hanging out in Radio Vision 
Live on BYU Radio, nationally simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere you feel like engaging with the program. Coming off a dominating win at UVU just the other night, men's hoops faces Utah State tomorrow night at the Spectrum in Logan. You can hear the game on BYU Radio pregame at 8 p.m. Eastern time, tip-off at 9 Eastern. I listened to the All-American Rejects on the way to uh, work today, and I cannot get the song out of my head right now. So as you were reading that, I just was listening. <laughs> Please just don't play with me. My paper heart will bleed. <laughs> I have not thought about the All-American Rejects <laughs> in a while. Oh, that, it's Friday. <laughs> it is definitely a Friday. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football announcing three different home-and-home home series with Houston. Georgia Southern and Hawaii. Houston comes to Pro Bowl in 2020. BYU returns the trip in 2023. The Cougars will play at Georgia Southern in 2021 and host the Eagles in 2024. And then Hawaii coming to Lavelle Edwards Stadium also in 2024 with a return trip to Aloha Stadium in 2025. That's a lot of football. There is a lot of football, and it's all on the schedule. You can check it out. We were... <laughs> That's what I love about all these future schedules. You can look and you can play the win-loss game like seven years before the thing even happens. And we do that, don't we? Exactly. Number 13 seed women's volleyball hosts American University in the first round of the NCAA tournament tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. BYU women's basketball lost on the road at Northern Colorado, 79-74 in overtime. BYU had five players scoring double figures and lost that game, led by Amanda Wayman, who finished with 20 points in the loss. Our second guest of this Friday show is the former head basketball coach at BYU, Steve Cleveland, joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Coach, welcome back, and welcome to the month of December. Yeah, it's nice. I, I, you're having some pretty nice weather, and so are we, so it's good. Hey, we will take it. And we will take what we have seen from BYU basketball most recently against Utah Valley. In your mind, what was the best thing you saw from the Cougars in that dominant road win at UVU? They locked them up defensively. I mean, they just locked them up. I mean, when a team hits 18 threes at your place the year before and they make one this year, it tells you that defensively they were doing some different things. The schemes, the energy, the intensity. I mean, literally, they just could not run anything. And uh, that's the thing that stands out the most. One of the really cool stories about that game was the play of McKay Cannon, who just literally hours before found out that he was cleared to play. This is a guy that's had significant playing time when he was at Weber State. How does McKay Cannon change the dynamic of this team and what Coach Rose can do? Well, I mean, the most, you know, the most immediate thing is it gives him eight deep now. It improves the depth of this team. I mean, he's obviously a shooter. And he can play the point guard. Uh, it has a pretty high basketball IQ. But it, the other thing, within that system, as, as you both know, a lot of ball screens are set. And when you can have multiple players coming off ball screens, being a threat to shoot or a threat, a threat to drive, it just makes the system better. So just in terms of the offensive system, it gets better. And then when teams zone them, you know, Hartnett, he hit a couple threes the other night, but he's a little inconsistent. But if if Cannon's playing the point now, you've got four positions. Actually, depending if you go small, you might have all five guys that can knock threes down. So, against zones, it improves situations. And then, again, when guys get in foul trouble, you just got one more guy that can come in there and contribute. So, now that's a big get late. And, man, he didn't seem to be afraid of the moment and stepped up and played really well. BYU overall has been a much better defensive team 
compared to last year when you look at seven games this year. Why do you think they have had that fundamental change? Like, where do you attribute that type of defensive improvement? Starts with the mindset. I think they, I think the coaching staff worked on that all summer. Obviously, Coach Royer brings a, a real influence there as well. But I think he and Coach Rose both realized that uh, to be confident defensively, you've got to have the right mindset. There has to be an attention to detail. And I think in, in past, even with some of their good teams, there wasn't that attention to detail, especially in game preparation. I've watched a lot of teams go through game preparation and how focused they are. Those are all little things that, you know, people don't think about, but the fact is they really lend themselves to a much, much improved defensively. Obviously, too, there seems to be more accountability on the floor. Guys are communicating with each other, and, uh, you know, it's, it's not often that the celebration for, for teams and the guys getting excited oftentimes usually comes from the offensive end. But now you see guys really locked in, all in, and uh, just technically, technically they're better. And uh, I think having I think that's primarily what they worked on most of the summer, and it's showing off early. Steve Cleveland joining us here on BYU Sports Nation on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. Seven games, Coach BYU five and two through these seven games of the season. What do you know about this BYU basketball team right now? They're, they're much more patient offensively. <clears throat> I mean, I, I think the mission is still to run with pace on misses and turnovers, but. When they get into the half court, uh, I, I pretty much know they're not going to take bad shots. And, and I think that's really important. There's been very, very few bad shots in terms of the half court. I think what we just talked about defensively, I think uh, I know that uh, there's going to be a game plan and that the guys are going to be committed to executing it. I mean, sometimes talent wins out, but if the other night is any indication of it, I, I know that they are much more solid defensively as a group. And then I think the last thing is that um, we were watching a really, really, really special player in his early development. Great ceiling on Yoli Childs. Uh, you know he's going to bring it every night. And uh, the fact that I think he's had four double-doubles already in, in, a, in, a, in a very young season. And I think last year, uh, you know, he, he's almost, I think maybe had six or seven. So he has just really made a difference. And just playing with so much confidence and has really developed some leadership skills here. And that happens when guys get more confident and uh, they can be really supportive of others rather than kind of worrying about their own game. Where will Yoli Childs rank among the best players in the West Coast Conference when this season is over? Mm, um, he'll, be, he'll, be, he'll be in the, the top 5 or 10%. You know, I mean, obviously, I watched Gonzaga play the other night. They're not going away. I'll just tell you that right now. I mean, uh, the names may be different on the back of the jerseys, but at the end of the day, they're still really good. St. Mary's had a couple of hiccups, but I, w- I would say Yoli's in the top three or four players in the conference and, and could surface as, as, as the, really the surprise of the conference. Um, but there, there are some pretty good bigs in the league, but we're, Yoli's projections are going nothing but up. And, and he'll have nights where maybe everything isn't perfect, but, wow, he's just playing with so much more patience. He's not in a hurry he knows what he wants to do, and he's just playing with a great deal of confidence. ESPN's BPI, the Basketball Power Index, gives BYU a 49% chance of winning in Logan tomorrow night. Where do you place the odds of a victory for BYU heading up to the spectrum tomorrow? You know, part of this depends on whether Kobe McEwen plays. Man, this kid has been in and out of the lineup with an ankle injury, and he's really good. He's one of the stars in this state in terms of the sophomore 
sixth floor can really play. Uh, obviously, my, my thoughts on this, if he's not playing, I, it really improves BYU's chances to win because he's a big part of what they do. But I still give BYU the advantage. And I, I would say it's more like 60-40, I think, in the advantage. The only, and the reason I say that uh, is that BYU's had really good wins uh, against disciplined teams like Princeton, uh, playing UVU on the road, having UMass, having an opportunity. They've had some really good experiences on the road, even in losing situations. I think they're way more prepared to play up there and win than they ever have been because of the system, because of some of the success they've had. And if they can keep Utah State around 40% field goal shooting and 30% three-point shooting, and I think the key thing, too, is they got, if they can get to the free throw line 20 times up there, then they, they'll put themselves in a really good position to steal one up in Logan. They're hard to come by. I mean, I, I won a couple times up there but and had some really good games. But uh, it's, you know, it's also not – it's not the same place. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's just a little bit different than it was. There aren't 10,000 there every night, and uh, it's just a little bit different playing in the spectrum. But uh, it's still playing up there, and I suspect they'll come out. The BYU. former head basketball coach Steve Cleveland with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's rewind to what happened in Game 2 of that Brooklyn trip. BYU's down 10 points with four minutes to play against UMass. T.J. Haas 0 for 10 in that game. What did BYU's win against UMass do for this team's mentality? Well, it, it really, really solidifies their belief in each other, but even more so in, in what the coaching staff has been preaching and teaching in the last four or five months. And I, and I think when those two things connect, when guys get it and all of a sudden they're all in in terms of what they're doing offensively and defensively, and when they win on the road in very difficult circumstances, they, they believe, and, and they believe, and, and all of a sudden now they're talking amongst one another. They, they become more of a player-led team. They're, they're, they know what they have to do, and those kind of wins galvanize the team. And, and that's why I say I like the idea that BYU can go and win at Utah State. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, and, I'm, and I know how difficult it's been for everybody that goes up there and plays. But I, I think if they're, they're more prepared to win up there this year than any time I can remember in the last four or five years. Coach, enjoy the uh, balmy California weather in December. We'll uh, do the same here uh, on the Wasatch Front. Always great to talk to you, and we'll do it again soon. Yeah, I look forward to it. I'll be, I'll be in uh, Provo next week, so I look forward to seeing you and maybe do a little in-person show. Yes, party with like Steve it. Cleveland in Provo. We look forward to it. See you guys. Have a good weekend. The former coach on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Listen, there are opinions, and then there is the opinion of a guy. It's an educated opinion. <laughs> that resurrected the yeah. BYU basketball program yeah. and took him back to the NCAA tournament. He took over a team that was 1-25. and 25. Yeah. He knows what he's talking about. What will you be doing in 2025? We'll tell you what you need to put in your Franklin planner coming up in the whip. <laughs> are those still a thing? Sure, why and not? what's the chance Yoli or Elijah doesn't lead BYU in scoring tomorrow night? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV starting promptly at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Women's Volleyball hosts American University tonight in the first round of the NCAA Tournament. You can catch the broadcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio promptly at 9 p.m. Eastern. Oh, nice use of the word promptly. Just trying to, just trying to pull this all together. <laughs> it's time that we 
pull out the percentages fun Mm -hmm. in a prompt fashion, Jason. Well played. And play What's the Chance? BYU Sports Nation asks, what's the chance? Pretty straightforward here, presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Let's bring in the voice, Ben Bagley. Number one. What's the chance BYU beats Utah State in Logan tomorrow? Look, I realize that the BPI is 49%. Uh, Ken Palm from KenPalm.com, uh, 51%. I'm going much higher. Coach Cleveland said 60-40 in favor. I'm going higher than that. I'm going to say 79%, which ironically enough is how many points I think BYU scored tonight. Oh, 79. That was well calculated, Jason. I'm right there with Coach Cleveland. I think it's closer to a 60-40 in favor of BYU just because Utah State is dealing with some lingering injuries. The McEwen kid is the real Yes, deal. he's very good. He is the real deal, but how healthy is he? And BYU has a couple of lockdown perimeter defenders. Look, I think a lot of this also has to do, I think a lot of this percentage, low percentage, is is venue. I think it has a lot to do with venue. I mean, Utah State's 4-4. and The spectrum isn't what it used to be. It's, the student section is amazing. Absolutely. And it's always loud, but it's just not what it used to be. Okay, so I think BYU sit more closer to 60% chance. Number two. What's the chance someone not named Yoli, a.k.a. Spencer's greatest basketball player in the history of basketball, or Elijah leads BYU in scoring tomorrow at Utah State? You take this one first. Uh, I'm going to say about 5%. Okay. It's going to be Yoli Childs or Elijah Bryant because Utah State doesn't have an answer for both of them. They can guard one of them if they want to focus in on Yoli and slow him down, maybe limit him to eight or ten points and let him do his damage on the glass. Fine. But you can't guard everyone. And maybe TJ Haas rediscovers the magic. By the way, he has the lowest field goal percentage shooting of any player that has seen the floor this year for BYU, at least regular minutes. Maybe he discovers it. It could be TJ, and that's why I'm giving it five to ten percent, but you can't guard everyone. Right. So I think it's either Yoli or Elijah because Utah State doesn't have the defensive answers. All right, you go 5%. I'm going to go 2%. It, it should be one of those two. I, it's, I mean, certainly, it's, somebody else is capable, obviously. But, yeah, it, I think it's, it's a very low percentage. It'll be one of those two. Number three. By the way, I'm going 24% on that one because McKay Cannon might lead in. Mm. 24, sorry. I'll, next one. <laughs> What's the chance BYU's 1-0 in in-state games? She has to go 2-0. What's the chance they sweep the in-state Ooh. games? Ooh, look. It's not impossible. I said BYU could win out of the non-conference game. Which would mean they sweep the in-state game. Which means they sweep the in-state game. Honestly, I think it's like a 70% chance. Jason, that is really high. You think it's 70% that they beat Utah State, Utah, and Weber State. Yeah, I mean, I think they're better than them. Weber State beat Utah State to open up the season. I understand that. Utah's a solid team. Look, 70% is not 100%. No. Jason doesn't need the blue goggles. He has the implants. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. I don't need the blue goggles. The blue goggles are right here. Uh, in your heart. <laughs> oh. uh, 30% chance that BYU sweeps the in-state games. Wow. I'm just say, like, sometimes. Look, I understand you don't want to set up expectations, but 30%? That's totally what this is. That's totally what this is. I, I You're told, saying 30, but you feel 80. I told BYU fans <laughs> I thought the Cougars would go 9-4 and four in non-conference play, and there might or probably will be a slip-up somewhere in the in-state. I, so I say 30%. Number four. 
What's the chance BYU hires a new offensive coordinator prior to Tennessee hiring a new head coach? Oh, By the way, the Pasco County canine unit just came out and said, Roscoe, the police dog, he's out of the running for Tennessee head coach. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. Is it going to be Mike Leach? Is it going to be Mike it, it Leach? May be, it may be. It may be. They may, pi- they may bring pirates to uh, BYU to alumnus. Look, here's the thing. Tennessee has botched this whole thing. It still should happen very shortly. So I'm going to say the chance that BYU hires a new OC before that happens, 10%. Oh, man. Yeah, that's not going to Tennessee hire will hire a new head coach 100% before BYU hires a new offensive coordinator. And if the volunteers can get Mike Leach with that fire that's burning at Rocky Top, that would be like the phoenix rising from the ashes. Like if they can pull that off, then they are super fortunate. Mike Leach and Nick Saban. Coaching is, oh, yes, (laughs) yes. Oh, my goodness. I would become a Tennessee fan if Mike Leach goes to Rocky Top. Number five. Last one. What's the chance women's volleyball advances to the Sweet 16 after this weekend? Go for it. 100%. I'm all aboard that train. Like, they go to the Sweet 16. They're at home. They're not going to lose to any of the three teams that are coming to Provo. 100% the BYU women's volleyball team will advance to the Sweet 16 for a sixth consecutive year. If I had the emoji, I would have the 100 emoji. Mm-hmm. That's it. 100%. They're doing it. I'm all in. Yep. Cozy Burnett has the karma. Does the tourney train hat, does it, does it switch between sports, or is that specific for? We leave that to the basketball. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. We leave that specifically to BYU men's basketball. What about the tourney train mini Volleyball. Does that have anything to know? Hey, Jason, what's the chance Tiger Woods is back? That's 100%, apparently. <laughs> We're talking physically or because he physically is back. Okay. I mean, yes. All right. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. Coming up, get your calendar updates ready. We're getting you booked out through 2025. Got you covered. And where and when you can watch BYU women's volleyball advance to the Sweet 16 this weekend. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. What's the Chance is brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Big thanks to today's guests, Dennis Pitta and Steve Cleveland. We should also shout out Ben Bagley. You know, it's not every day you bring a Pasco to Doug. Which apparently, that was a legitimate comment. That was not just a, a snarky <laughs> remark. That's legit. <laughs> the Pasco Sheriff's Department tweeted that out. Ro- Roscoe the dog. Roscoe is not going to. Yeah. Hey, oh, his name is Ace? Oh, Ace. Ace, the Pasco County Sheriff's Department official dog. Mm. Well, I mean, that canine unit just got stronger if he's not leaving. <laughs> if you missed any of the show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. But do so uh, with caution in mind. <laughs> Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU football announces three different home-and-home home series, one with Houston, one with Georgia Southern, and the other with Hawaii. Houston comes to Provo in 2020. BYU goes to Houston in 2023. The Cougars will play at Georgia Southern in 2021 and then host the Eagles in 2024. Hawaii then makes its trip to Lavelle Edwards Stadium in 2024 with a return trip to Aloha Stadium in 2025. Men's basketball. Jason Shepard is calling for a 79% chance for BYU to beat a second straight in-state opponent when they take on the Utah State Aggies in Logan tomorrow night. Dave Rose 
understandably expecting some adversity in front of one of the loudest, most rambunctious student sections in the country at the Spectrum. The game will be live on BYU Radio pregame, 8 Eastern tip-off from the Spectrum at 9 Eastern. Volleyball. Number 13 seed women's volleyball hosts American University in the first round of the NCAA tournament tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, before that match, Kennesaw State and Oregon will face off at 6 p.m. Eastern time at the Smith Fieldhouse. The winner of these two matches tonight will play Saturday at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Women's basketball. So what you're really saying is we'll watch BYU tomorrow night. Indeed. BYU women's basketball lost to Northern Colorado in overtime, 79-74, despite five players scoring in double figures, led by Amanda Wayman's 20 points. Cougars still in Colorado at Colorado State tomorrow at 4 Eastern on BYU Radio. Swimming and diving. Men's and women's swimming and diving team. They're at the Utah Diving Invitational today and tomorrow in Salt Lake City. Senior Peyton Sorensen recorded a top 15 time in the country in the men's 50-yard freestyle at the Texas Invite. He's been a guest on the show. Sorensen recorded a 19.57 and finished sixth place. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. You need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who deserves the Rise and Shout today, Jason? Oh, man, this is a tough one today. Who were you thinking about on this one? Um, I begrudgingly, I would like to give it to Dennis Pitta. Why begrudgingly? <gasps> okay, not so begrudgingly. Just because Jerem's off the show, we should give it to Dennis Pitta. <laughs> just, to, just to stick it to Jerem somehow? <laughs> Love you, Jerem. Thank you, Spencer. Hey, you're welcome. He brought up Buddy the Elf, man. Okay, Elf on the Shelf. No, I thought his insights were really good about the offensive coordinator and what it means to a team. Like, I, I put high value in it. He opened my eyes to something new with how important And then he broke down BYU hoops. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, our elite tweet of the day, answering the buy-in level for BYU basketball from Matt Jake Kemp. After everything that's happened in BYU sports last year and this year, I describe my buy-in level as a fat kid desperate for a cookie, but so overly cautious of not getting caught by his mom that he eventually starves to death. Hey. <laughs> wow. Hey, conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter. Always on demand, BYUSN.com. Holy cow. Shout out to all y'all. See you on Monday.